ultimately that's his it's his prerogative oh that's that's hard to say Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. With Real Madrid's 1-0 defeat over Liverpool in Saturday's Champions League final, the club season is officially over and players have now moved on to their international duties. And earlier today, Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski gave an interview while representing the Poland national team in which he made it clear that he has no desire to continue playing in Munich. The onus now falls on the club executives to respond and address the situation before all of this transfer drama gets too far out of hand. Well, I'm Benjamin Scott, and I'm here to discuss Lewandowski's comments as well as a few other Bayern-related things with my friends Tim Richards. Hello there. And Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. Well, I think to, uh, the, the bulk of today's episode is going to deal with uh, Robert Lewandowski and the, the comments that he made at his press conference earlier today, uh, which initially were, were translated a bit poorly. Uh, and what he what he said ended up coming across a lot worse than what he meant. But uh, that being said, I think what he what he ended up what he did say uh, properly translated still doesn't look too good on him. And so for the listener, you know, if you haven't heard the comments yet, if you're unaware of what Lewandowski said, I'm going to read those real quick, and then we'll talk about that for a little bit. But uh, essentially, Lewandowski said, "My era at Bayern is over. I don't see any possibility to continue playing for this club." anymore. He says, Bayern's a serious club, and I believe they won't keep me. I don't want to play there anymore. A transfer is the best solution. I hope they don't stop me. And so, with those comments in mind, pretty straightforward uh, from the Polish striker, uh, Tim, Sebastian, I guess we'll start We'll start with you, Sebastian. Uh, I mean, just what are your initial thoughts, initial reactions? How are you feeling when you first you know, heard this uh, from Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, I guess I want to preface this by saying, or by apologizing for uh, if I'm rambling or if I'm kind of uh, talking nonsense at times because half my brain power will be used for filtering out all the expletives that are there on my <laughs> mind. So it is extremely annoying, I must say. Um, this is just awful. I mean... As he said, uh, it seemed like he was saying something even wor- worse, but what he said was bad enough. And I think what made it even worse again was the kind of way that he handled this. Like, it doesn't even particularly matter to him how <laughs> uh, it is translated and what the message is that that uh, goes out from this interview. He just seemed to find it kind of funny mm-hmm. that what he was doing there and i just don't think that is appropriate at all it is it is not professional and uh, i think it shows that there always have been major character issues with this guy and uh, yeah the thing is it puts me in a weird spot now because i can't wait for him to be gone uh but also i really don't want him to get what he wants because this is not how these things should be handled and uh, it's a bad precedent of course not the first one but yeah the, the more often this happens and it 
goes completely unpunished uh, and the the player who does this gets what he wants uh, the worse this is going to get for everyone in the future right so yeah you can you kind of cannot root for him to get what he wants but you also kind of cannot want him to stay with this mentality because what do you gain right, right. either you gain you gain him uh, not playing well or uh yeah you you going to bench him which obviously is not a real option even though it it would uh, well it would kind of feel good but let's let's not fool ourselves here this is not a real option at all uh so yeah overall terrible look from my perspective also terrible look for the club but mostly a terrible look for him i would say yeah and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in a second about how the club um should and maybe how we also think the club will respond to to the comments but uh tim i'm interested to hear your thoughts as well uh, especially sebastian kind of hit on how unprofessional this was and how Lewandowski was really just kind of laughing as he said this and he didn't really bother correcting the translator when when the comments were uh misconstrued or mistranslated and so as a player who um as a player who in the past, you know, we've kind of gone back and forth on whether or not he was selfish, and it seemed like he had kind of grown up a little bit, so to speak. It feels weird to say that as someone younger than him, but grown up, so to speak, and had put all of his, this transfer stuff behind him and really seemed like he wanted to play for the club and be successful here, and he even publicly said that himself. When you see stuff like this happening, when you see him making comments like this now, that surely that leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. You know, it almost seems like his past comments were um, artificial. But uh, yeah, so Tim, I guess just just walk us through your thoughts when you saw this. I, I was very disappointed. Um, I, I I think I've kind of swayed from. I was in like the same camp as Sebastian of thinking I don't like this guy. I don't want him to be at the club anymore. And then over time. I think as as you just said that he his attitude did kind of seem to change and he was publicly supporting Bayern and was saying I want to stay here this is my club I want to be successful it was around uh it was kind of like halfway through Kovac's first season that I thought this is what I've wanted to see like the whole time like this is a guy that he looks like he actually wants to be there and then in the past couple of months that's just really disappeared and so now I'm I'm like back to um, I'm back to wanting him gone. I, I should kind of preface anything I say by saying that if he wants to leave the club, that's completely fine. It's his it's his opinion if he doesn't want to be at the club anymore, that's completely fine. If Musiala comes out tomorrow and says, I want to leave Bayern, I'll be so upset. But ultimately that's his it's his prerogative oh, that's that's hard to say. It's his prerogative to say that. It's his uh, it's his belief that he can go somewhere else. Like I don't think he owes it to anybody to stay if he doesn't want to. But at the same time, there is a way to do this. And up until today, he had been doing... Uh, well, maybe not up until today, maybe up until a couple of weeks ago, he had been doing a fairly decent job of being... Uh, I think we kind of like cited that he was doing things quite professionally and he wasn't throwing anyone under the bus or like making any ridiculous comments or doing anything like that and everything that was coming out about this story that was negative was pretty much a result of 
guys like Heine, guys like Salihamidzic, Zahavi, this is all things that are kind of playing out in public when they shouldn't be. The one time that you need something to play out in public is Lewandowski saying, look, this is the situation, this is what I would like to happen. Um, the, the fact that he didn't like dissipate any comments from Zahavi about uh, like um, Salihamidzic lied or like there, there was no talks of extension, like this is made up, you kind of need that transparency. And then what's happened today, yes, the it's not as bad as as we all thought it was initially. It is, as Sebastian said, still really not good. Um I, I was I was so disappointed to to see that like this is how he's talking about a club that's like really, really supported him. Um they've essentially been his cheerleader for like the past seven or eight years or so. They were there for the, the, the Ballon d'Or push. They, they've celebrated everything that he's done. Um, it's like this whole, this great loving of a player that isn't, you know, you kind of don't really see this sort of celebration about guys like, about guys like Muller. I, like, may, maybe that's not entirely accurate, but I feel like if anybody in that squad should be getting that sort of adulation and praise, it's the guy that is the Bayern fan that's been there since since he was a kid. Lewandowski was a guy that came in in his mid-twenties and he, he was kind of like recruited as, oh, look at this guy that we've got. You know, it, it's, it doesn't quite have the same sort of like emotional connection as it would somebody like Muller or Schweinsteiger or Lahm, for example. But seeing seeing what's happened today has been really, really disappointing because if you, if you think about other players that have been in that sort of situation, guys like, like, by which I mean the absolute top players that you've got, I think of guys like Robin, and he, of all people, would probably have a bit of a claim to say, I don't feel appreciated, because of what happened after the, after the Champions League final, where the fans were booing him. He didn't do that. Instead, he worked hard, and then kind of had that, um, well, he had that, like, moment of just pure clarity where everything just started to work for him and he got all of the fans back on side this has never happened as far as I'm aware with any player that's still currently at the club and it makes me so angry that it is kind of just dismissed as like a because as Sebastian pointed out you know he's laughing throughout this press conference like oh yeah that eight years where I achieved everything that I could possibly want to yeah that was fun I'm off now bye it's one. It is one thing to leave. It's another thing to leave with, with like dignity and be celebrated. So like I kind of mentioned this earlier about how if this was all playing out like earlier this year, like if this was playing out in like December time maybe, where he says, "I would like this to be the last season. I want to go out with a bang. I want to give it all for all that I can for the club, and then move on to a new challenge." I don't think anybody would be as incensed as they are now. They'd be sad, obviously, you're missing a great player, but there wouldn't be that sort of emotional damage. And if, I, yeah, generally, I'm really, I'm really very annoyed with it because it's just cemented the opinions that I didn't think were still around. The only positive that I think could come from this is that it is going to potentially speed up any potential transfer because as soon as he badmouths the club in some way, it is okay. He didn't say that they're not a serious club, but as soon as he does something like that, instantly his stock within the within that group of decision makers should fall. 
And so I don't want, obviously, I, I don't want them to be like, all right, he's gone tomorrow. Like, you need to, like, think about it. But I do think that this could be a catalyst for that whole, he's got a contract in the next year. Um, I, I do think that this should be the beginning of those conversations, like just stopping. I think mm-hmm. this should start. Uh, this should start thing moving things forward. Yeah, I mean, and that is really the the, the main talking point here, because like like you said, it's always been uh, Robert Lewandowski has a contract until twenty twenty three. He will fulfill it. Uh, and even you know earlier, Oliver Kahn has responded a little bit to to the comments, basically saying you know he doesn't understand why Lewandowski would go public, saying that. Uh, and, and saying that he should know what he has at Bayern. Appreciation is in a two-way street. But you do have to wonder, is this going to get the ball moving? And, and Sebastian, you kind of hit on this already earlier, but as a fan, uh, as someone who is really annoyed with Lewandowski for the way he's handling this situation, that's both what you want, but also at the same time not what you want because that is really just allowing Lewandowski to kind of bully his way into getting what he wants. And so, uh, Sebastian, what do you think the response should be from the club? Is this, um, okay, we'll start trying to figure this out, start really trying to sell him, get him out of this club. Uh, do you think that they'll double down? Surely, hopefully they won't, but do you think they'll double down on the uh, he's absolutely staying type of approach? How do you foresee, I guess, this playing out and, and maybe – you know, if you were in that position, what would what would you do? It's really hard to say, honestly. Uh, I think you're going to have to try to take the high road here uh, and, uh, I guess, oblige. Because, as I said, I, I don't think there's any point to keeping him. There's also not really a point to, uh, yeah, making this uh, more uh, ugly than it already is. And I don't think there's much point of that. I think what Khan said... That was pretty okay. Um, of course, you cannot just completely let that slide, but I don't think anything that Khan has said was in any way unfair, and I think everybody could agree that this is just absolutely okay what he said there. He was being completely fair, completely honest there, not being uh, overly critical, not trying to like paint Lewandowski as something he's not or anything. I think that was a good response, and, and I think uh, we should keep it at that. Uh, everybody knows that, uh, that that there's just no point in keeping him, right? As, as I said before, uh, I, I don't see any way how this is going to uh, turn out great if you keep him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see any reason why you would do anything else but trying to sell him as soon as possible, especially when selling him is, in at least some people's opinion... Um, needed uh to sign someone else maybe Sadio Mane so if this is what's in the way of us signing Mane uh get him out of the door as soon as you can right I mean we already know that he wants to go to Barca probably and uh well uh, I don't know if you can convince them to pay 40 million or or something like that uh if you can do it if not settle for a bit less and be done with it just yeah be done with it and be happy that you can now build something uh without these flaws basically built into the built in built into your whole thing that you're trying to do there and yeah build build back better i guess try to avoid these flaws try to get players who actually want to be here who are not going to 
uh, yeah, well, flirt with Real Madrid and whatever, and uh, uh, f- find their hidden bed sheets that say Real Madrid or Barca on them every <laughs> every other every other year or so. So yeah, just just be done with it because it's not a good look. It, the sooner this is over, the better, because there are many options now. I think uh, this is also a chance to get some great great players in. As I said, Mane. The sooner you can get this get this done, the better. And yeah, at least many people s- seem to think that this needs to be done, so the money deal can be done. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and and anyone you know, any listener would know if if you've been listening for a while that you know all four of us, including Garrett, who's not on today, have been very much in the the quicker we can get Lewandowski out the door, we can get him sold. The quicker we can start to to figure things out and move on. But uh, Sebastian, you brought up. Uh, Sadio Mane, and um, that kind of gives us a good point of transition to talk about him for a little bit because obviously Liverpool lost the Champions League final this past weekend, but uh, all signs point to uh, Sadio Mane wanting to leave the club. He wants to move on. He wants to, I guess, start something new somewhere else, and it very much seems that Bayern have shown the most interest. It seems really likely that a deal is going to go through, so Tim, I guess my question is, is like given the developments with Lewandowski, especially what's taking place today, does a Mane transfer become uh, more enticing or maybe even more like necessary to get this deal done so that way we can simultaneously get Lewandowski out the door? Yeah, I think Sadio Mane would be like a very good statement signing. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like go back and forth as to whether or not those sort of signings like make sense in terms of every year you need one big name. Um, I, I saw a, I saw somebody say the word something, we need a big game striker, not a big name striker. And I think that's wonderful. Um, uh, but saying that, I do think that Sadio Mane is, is a big game player. I think he's got a fantastic attitude towards, um, towards football. I think he's really versatile. He's never really shied away from doing something something different like he was he's played left wing for I guess like the past like three or four years now and then with uh Luis Diaz coming into the Liverpool side he's quite effortlessly turned into like the central forward of that of that attack I I really like that the fact that something like that happens so late into his career is is wonderful it kind of half reminds me of Dries Mertens slightly at Napoli who is like this decent winger and then became like a world-class centre-forward almost overnight. It was truly wonderful. I think getting Mane would be a really, really great signing for or for kind of everyone, really. So if, if Jurgen Klopp wants to change how Liverpool attack, if he now wants like a proper number nine, I, I know where he can get one. But if he, would, if he does want to change it, I think that does kind of leave the door open for Sadio Mane to leave quite amicably. Um, if Bayern want to move away from having that number nine, uh, you know, we can get rid of the one that we already have. And then that door for Sadio Mane is open for him to arrive. That does kind of match up really, really nicely with what we've been hearing about. You know, Nagelsmann wants to have a slightly different approach to the attack. And I, I think also having versatility is grossly underrated I, I think it's one thing to be like a really really good striker I think it's another thing to be a really good striker and a really good winger and a really good 
whatever it is. I, I think versatility is something that Bayern should value over well, most things, I'd say. And Mane def- definitely ticks that. Then he gets that concept of how much is it going to cost? Like, what is it going to cost? If I, I think the initial fee was about 30 million, which seems reasonable because I think that's probably about what Bayern could potentially get for Lewandowski, maybe a little bit more. I think 30 million for Sadio Mane is is really great. He's in the last year of his contract and I've seen a number of Liverpool fans actually disappointed with how low that number is. Um, I, I'm all for this and I think, I, I would say if we can get Mane and somebody else, I think that would make me, that would make me very happy. Um, Mane by himself would be good, but I don't think that's, I don't think that would be enough going forward. Yeah, and I think that that is, you know, the plan. Obviously, the the rumors about Sasha Kalajic have kind of cooled down recently, but you have to suspect Bayern are still interested. Um, and I think that Mane and someone else is, is the ideal solution. But I also think really progressing with Mane, getting that kind of deal in the works, basically almost done, could maybe be the catalyst to us loosening up a bit on Lewandowski because there is less pressure now. Uh, you know, if we just sell Lewandowski before anyone signed there's obviously a ton of pressure to get that replacement done but if we've got at least part of the replacement in place before he's sold there's a lot lot more I guess wiggle room uh, to negotiate and everything there but you brought up a, an excellent point Tim you know the biggest question right now is probably the asking price uh, and I think 30 million would be an, an absolutely fair price um, for Liverpool for Bayern and I I'm hopeful that uh, the deal that we gave them on Tiago just two summers ago will help us in that category. But Sebastian, what is uh, what's maybe the highest you'd be willing to go for Mane? I mean, forty million, uh, maybe a little bit lower, plus some add-ons on top of that. Realistically, what do you what do you think we're looking at here with Mane? I would be even fine with forty, I think. Uh, but if we're going to the territory of fifty, that's just a bit rough, I would say. Uh, it is hard to say that, of course, without knowing uh, the actual financial situation of the club much better, um, because this is a very essential thing to get this right now, because uh, whatever we think about Robert Lewandowski, this is this is a very important uh, summer now, where important things will have to be done, and you're basing, basically, um, yeah, you're basically building the groundwork now. And if you get if you mess this up, it's it's going to be a huge problem. So you really want to get this right, and if getting this right costs a couple of millions more, and the club can afford it, that's probably better than saving a couple of millions here and there. I would say. Uh, so we cannot we cannot forget that getting money in also means that uh, we're getting one character problem out, and we're getting a guy in who we can probably assume is is going to be uh, positive character-wise, who's going to be a leader, who's going to be a veteran. So uh, I think we are also getting a lot of positives on that, and he's probably going to be a very strong player for the next couple of years, let's say four years or something, I would definitely say. Uh, that's what we probably can expect of him. Uh, so, yeah. If it goes above 40, I, I'm not going to like it. 40, I would be just fine with but I think it it would 
as you pointed out, be very fair if we would not have to go that high. Because, yeah, if, if you look at that Thiago transfer, I don't know. You can, you can say we have been very fair or we have just been outright stupid. I wanted I wanted Thiago out and I was probably the, the only one who really wanted him gone. Uh, not that I hate Thiago. I was a huge fan of him when he came here. I just didn't like what was happening with him. Uh, I guess the listeners might not remember this. We had long discussions about Thiago because he was uh, the problem for me in a, in a lot of things that that went down before he left, uh, because he has he had been played as as a uh, as a number six as the most defensive of our midfielders, and that was just a problem. But that, that doesn't change that this was a was a player that everybody would have agreed uh, still had a pretty big value and. Yeah, we, we sold him at a huge discount. Uh, there's no no way around that. So, yeah, I hope they are going to be fair. Uh, I think Klopp is probably a kind of a fair guy. Um, so he probably has, has a big say in that. Of course, he would rather keep Sadio Mane if he can convince him to stay. He will probably try to do that. But I think if he feels like Sadio Mane wants to go and we were the first out of the gate here and I think Sadio Mane will probably appreciate that um yeah i i don't think i don't think uh money will necessarily get in the way of that let let me put it like this i guess yeah and i think you bring up uh, a lot of good a lot of good points i think at the end of the day we're probably looking at almost a straight swap in terms of like the financial aspects of it all uh in terms of you know hopefully i we could get a little bit more for Lewandowski. But I think we've reached the point, and I know Sebastian, you'd probably agree with this, where whatever we sell Lewandowski for, we're absolutely willing to put all of that money just straight into uh, Sadio Mane, bringing him in as well. But let's kind of shift away, I guess, a little bit um, from the the Lewandowski-Mane talks and, and talk about something that I guess ended up flying under the radar today, but otherwise would have ended up being pretty big news. And that is that uh, Bayern announced that Quentin Tolisso will officially be leaving the club this summer. He's not going to be signing a new contract, despite reports from Kicker just yesterday saying that Bayern were considering keeping him on. Uh, this season, he was kind of, you know, when fit the the third, maybe fourth choice in midfield behind Kimmich, Goretzka, uh, and then also Musiala at times. And so, Tim, with, with Toliso heading out the door, uh, is there still enough depth in the Bayern midfield without him? In theory, there is, um, but I like in in terms of like, you need enough names, and there are enough names. Um, it's whether or not those names are available when you need them to be, or at the level you need them to be. So obviously, Goretzka missed quite a lot of of last season, um, well, quite a lot of this season, and also like a, a fair bit of last season too. Um, so it's kind of it's anyone's guess as to whether or not he'll be like he'll remain fit. I hope he does. Um, but at the same time that is a bit of a gamble. Um I guess that kind of pushes Musiala to be the the third choice midfielder still. Although I I think you kind of see him I think most people would see him as an option further forward in attack, whether it's like as a number ten just behind the striker or uh, on either wing, I think he's just as good on on either side. So then, I, I guess it means that Sabitzer is like the number three. Of course, Mark Rocker is is there as well. Um, 
if like if it was up to me, I would put Mark Rocker as like at least third or fourth choice. Um, so I, I especially given like how he's played compared to everyone else because he's not really had any injury problems. I think the one time he was likely to get a start in the cup game, he was injured and which was very unfortunate. Um, but he, he's been available. Like he's almost always on the bench and when he's played, he has been serviceable. So I think I would like to see him stay on. Um, but I, I, like the big, the big talking point is probably Sabitzer at this point, because he is that kind of utility guy that you can play him out wide. You could put him in the middle and, maybe play him as an eight, maybe a 10, like a six at a push. And he's never, he just hasn't clicked in any way. It's even somebody like Sane last season who was, he was struggling, but he was still, he was contributing in, in ways that he could. Sabitzer has like really, really let the team down, I feel. And so that it's, it's hard to say like whether or not that's just like, oh, first season, you can have like a bit of an issue um, but like second seasons, like where he'll where he'll properly kick on. I, I don't really know like what his what his position in the squad is going to be, um, because personally I would value other players ahead of him. Um, as for Taliso, I, I he's always kind of been like that guy where it's it, it's just very hard to describe, isn't he? There was never any real display of oh that's what he's best at. With the exception of like guaranteeing at least two very, very good goals a season, I never saw him as a player that was like, okay, he's like the passing guy or he's the tackling guy. I think he was always just good at everything that he did with like a couple of deficiencies here and there. And and like I think all squads need a guy like that. Like somebody that can show up and and put in put in the work. I I think also the, the other thing that is like tremendously undervalued with Toliso is the fact that he wanted to be a Bayern player um, and you know the same can also be said about Sabitzer like there are both you know for, for all of the the comments that we'll make about Thomas Muller in his uh, in his Bayern bedsheet and Sebastian in his in his Bayern bedsheet as well <laughs> there are also pictures of Sabitzer wearing the Bayern shirt from like the early 2000s and Toliso wearing his Bayern shirt from the late 90s that's the sort of thing that I want to see, like these guys that have dreamt about playing for the club. And uh, it's kind of, it's working out in very different ways for both Sabitzer and Toliso. Like, I think they're kind of somewhat similar in a way, but both of their buying careers have really kind of, I don't want to say that they've gone the same sort of way because it's obviously it's very early for, for right. Sabitzer and right. Toliso's. It's not, like Taliso had a really, really great first season, the exception of like the the issue in the in the Madrid game. Um, he was otherwise like a really, really great player to have, and it's it's a shame that that's kind of gone the way that it has gone. Um, but I, I think like him leaving is is a good thing because it means that Bayern can start thinking like ahead. But it's. Yeah, it's it's a shame that it's gone this way, but I think it is it's important to move on because you can't rely on this guy. Um, but you know, if I was given the choice, I would probably I'd prefer to start Taliso over Sabitzer at this point. So I I don't really know like who is that fourth or third to fifth choice midfielder. Um, 
I guess the yeah. uh, the idea with Nagelsmann maybe that Ryan Gravenberg, who's according to basically any reports, whose whose transfer should be confirmed within the week. I guess the the hope is that he comes in and can at least you know immediately provide maybe not start every single game but put in some significant minutes and then of course there's also the Conrad Limer rumors which revamped again today with uh, TZ saying that you know Bayern are really heavily pushing for him as well and so I guess we still aren't even sure how the the Bayern midfield is going to stack up uh, next year and, and Sebastian my next question you know was going to be do you foresee any other midfielders following Taliso out the door, especially considering Gravenberg is basically done. Limer may also be a move. You know, Mark Roca has been linked with Eintracht Frankfurt, with uh, Roma as well. Sabitzer's future may hang in the balance. Uh, what do you foresee happening with those guys? Yeah, I think we are now on the side of having too many. If actually uh, Limer is also coming, Gravenberg, back, I would say it's probably a done deal. So, uh, yeah, you, you really don't need more than four or five of those guys. Of course, it always depends on who you're actually counting there because uh, some of those guys can play different positions. Of course, it also depends on uh, whether you count some of the more offensive guys, which, again, <laughs> comes back to how we interpret our system. So th there are a, a number of variables there. But yeah, so if you look at this, of of course Kimmich is going nowhere and he's uh, going to be very important next season. Same is true for Goretzka, of course. And then, as you said, we have Zabitza and Musiala, who partially probably uh, counts for the actual midfield. And then we have Gravenberg coming in and maybe we have Lima coming in. So that's plenty enough, I would say. Um, if Zabitza is staying, I think Roca should go. Even if I if, if I still like him, um, and of course also the other way around, I could even see uh, both of them possibly leaving. I would not necessarily mind that if we get two new guys, because yeah, Kimmich and Goretzka are going to play a lot of those uh, a lot of those games. Uh, they're going to take up many minutes, and then you have two other guys who also are kind of starting caliber more or less. Uh, who also want to want to play and yeah, uh, I think four or five of those guys, not counting Musiala, is plenty enough. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, Roca that could be interesting. I could uh, I could see him uh, playing for for Frankfurt. That could be very interesting. I think they 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 maybe uh, could really use a guy like that. Uh, and of course they're they're uh, doing uh, a good job right now. That that could also be good for for the Bundesliga overall. Because it's clubs, clubs like that one uh, that could really, uh, yeah, make the Bundesliga look better internationally, and they already have, as we all know. Right. So, yeah, that that would be good. I, th I think that that could just be a win-win-win uh, situation. There could be good for Frankfurt, could be good for Roca, could be good for us because yeah, it's just we just don't need six or seven guys there, right? Because most of the time we are just playing two. Um, yeah, because. Yeah, we have Thomas Müller there. He's not going anywhere. Musiala is probably your first Müller replacement. And yeah, you just have enough already for that position. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. Uh, some people seem to think, we, because we already had this discussion last year, whether we wanted to just basically just add another guy there. And I 
didn't really get it then when there was talk about uh, people like uh, Zakaria and uh, other people. I, I can't remember all of them now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, there's always been talk about adding another guy there. And I never really quite got it. Because, yeah, numbers, uh, mere numbers is not, not what's going, going to uh, make you a better team there. You need the right guys. And then you need to give them minutes. Uh, because the best player in the world is not necessarily going to look very good and not necessarily going to improve if they only get 10 minutes every other week or something like that. That's just not going to fly. This is uh, going to uh, make any uh, good player stagnate and even worse. So that's definitely not what we want there. So I would say uh, Roca gone, hopefully Toliso gone, are steps in the right direction. Because as sad as it is, I like both guys. It was not going in the right direction much, sadly. That's just how it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree um, 100%. Uh, well, unless you guys uh, can think of anything that, that we haven't talked about that we should talk about, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. No, I can't think of anything, actually. Okay. There must be something. No, I, I, I can't think of anything. That's fine. If I do, then it'll be content for next week. Yeah. If we've forgotten something, we'll definitely be sure to address it next time. So uh, if you've enjoyed listening or if you're a regular fan of the podcast and you haven't done this already, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com or follow us over on Twitter at superbyronpod and keep up to date with us there. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're probably going to be there. As always, thank you for listening. Go out and tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next time.